The Coach's Plan podcast is recorded on the traditional unceded territory of the Willis-DeWig and Mi'kmaq peoples. This territory is covered by the Treaties of Peace and Friendship, which these nations signed with the British Crown in 1726. The territories did not deal with the surrender of lands and resources, but in fact recognized Mi'kmaq and Willis-DeWig title and established the rule for what was going to be an ongoing relationship between nations. At Coach New Brunswick, we pay respect to the elders, past and present, and we are grateful that we now get to share this space with the descendants of this land. We honor the knowledge keepers and seek their guidance as we strive to develop closer relationships through sport, education, community, understanding, truth, and reconciliation. Thank you for listening in the same spirit. Welcome to the Coach's Plan podcast, Plan to Coach with Coach New Brunswick. I'm Ashley Milani, your host. Just me today, and I'm going to be bringing you Coach New Brunswick's guide on how to do professional development, which I know seems like a no-brainer. You look at the calendar, you sign up for the courses, you attend the thing, you do the thing. Uh, but we really want to talk about how to get the most out of the professional development you're doing um, and making sure that what you're doing is meaningful and valuable and a good use of your time uh, because there's so much stuff out there. There's more Zoom conferences than ever. There's uh, communities of practice on social media platforms. There's online e-learning modules you can take. Like how is uh, a regular coach who's volunteering supposed to take the time to figure out how to decipher what it all means, what's relevant, what's good. Luckily, you have people like myself who uh, have to make that their day job. Um, and so I'm going to help sort it out for you. So today we're going to give you a few steps on how to approach the process of doing professional development, because uh, professional development is not just um, a weekend conference that you attend. It is a, uh, a lifelong learning attitude that you can take towards any part of your career, whether that's within the coaching world or outside of the coaching world. So let's, let's do a bit of the setup work first, and then I'll tell you about actually what's going on currently in the coach education realm in Canada and help you sort out what's good. So for me, the very first step that everyone has to take in their uh, professional development, continual education, lifelong learning uh, journey is setting your attitude right. So what I mean by that is making sure that you're going into these sessions, into these conferences, into these meetings with the right kind of mindset. Why are you doing this? What are you hoping to achieve? It's important that you set your attitude right. So if you're going to go into it thinking, Ugh, I'm just going to zoom in quickly while I'm making dinner and, and um, just kind of half-ass listen, that's where you're going to run into problems because that's where uh, you're not going to get out what you need to be getting out of these events. So it really comes from setting your mindset right when you're starting these sessions. Okay, how am I going to participate? What is my type of learning style? The other part about setting your attitude is thinking about how your learning is going to be affecting your athletes or your participants. So it's not just about you as a coach uh, being told to take this session. It's think about why the organization is maybe asking you to participate in this in this event or look at a certain resource or, or uh, follow some sort of um, take-home study guide. And then once you've set your attitude about how you're going to approach your workshop or your calendar of events, you really have to decide what your goal is going to be. So to me, step two is deciding what you need to work on. Part of this is just knowing yourself and knowing where your strengths lie, where your weaknesses lie. Are you looking to gain uh, more technical knowledge for a specific program? Are you looking to gain more general knowledge um, about topics related to your athletes' lives or related to social elements that are happening in the world? It's important that when you do goal setting exercises with your athletes, that you're also taking the time to do those of yourself because it's easy 
to just focus on how the team is progressing throughout the year and forgetting to do that for yourself. Often as coaches, um, we often forget to put our own seatbelt on. And in this instance, uh, the same thing applies for, for goal setting and long-term planning. It's important that we also think about how we are moving through our career as coaches and sport leaders uh, and what kind of goals we have set for ourselves. So if, you're, if your athletes are going to be learning and growing, why not go along with them? Um, another thing to consider might be like, are you planning into the long term with your coaching path? Are you just helping out in the short term? Do you think you'll be asked again to, to step up to the plate and, and help out with a, your kid's team, for example? Um, or even if you are a former athlete, like maybe you really know the technical side of things, but you have no experience leading the program or, or managing conflict or managing athletes, managing parents even. Um, and so it's important to know that there are so many different elements of coaching that you could be considering. You don't need to know everything at once. You don't need to know everything in the beginning. That's what these events are for. That's what these communities of practices are for. There's tons of people in the sport world that are more than happy to help you get to where you need to be or help you with specific issues um, if you just ask. That's one of my favorite things about working in sport is that for the most part, everyone is very happy to share what they know about sport um, and what they know about what they do in their world. And it's happy to share it with them because at least in the, the, the sport circles I've seen, giving people more information about how to do their sport better just means that they are gonna have better competitions better training partners, a better environment for their athletes to learn within and, and, uh, playing by yourself is not very fun and they want to see a lot of other people join them in that. So, um, it's very easy to reach out to members of this community to find more information about what you're looking for. And that could be in the formal setting within professional development. That could be an informal mentorship, uh, kind of relationship. Um, it's really all about finding people within your community who you think are doing cool, good things in sport and doing your best to work with them. Um, another big thing to ask yourself is what kind of learner are you? Do you like hearing stories? Do you like talking to other people? Do you need to absorb information on your own first, sit with it for a little while before you're ready to discuss? These kinds of pieces of, or these kind of pieces of, of knowing yourself are really important um, in terms of having an effective program. I mean, also like, are you a, a kind of person that wants to be a part of a conversation? Do you want to have a regular cohort of coaches you want to talk with? Like, for example, uh, you might find that you're a coach working by yourself in a program that doesn't have a lot of other um, coaching support or even administrative support around you, and that you really need help from some peers uh, that don't currently exist around you. There are ways to find those coaches. Um, some of that could be through uh, your provincial sport organization, if you, if you have one in your, um, in your province. Uh, I know not, not every single sport has a PSO to rely on, but that can definitely be a way that you can connect with. Um, also just consider that social media is a huge part of, of what's going on. Like, are there other clubs nearby? Are, uh, would you be willing to reach out to them? There are ways to form professional development circles that don't always involve just signing up for, for webinars. And then one last, one last piece around uh, setting goals is when you are starting to form these goals and you're looking out and you're starting to see what's going on in the world and getting a little bit of ahead of myself, but, um, really, you know, consider hearing from local perspectives as well as the big national international events. So when you're looking at calendars and such, it's not always about the big national conferences. Often there's a lot of really cool stuff happening locally, 
there is a coach new so if you're listening from outside of new brunswick right now there's a coach new brunswick in every province maybe called something slightly different uh but they would definitely have a, a finger on the pulse of, of what's going on in the province and who you can kind of reach out to and find information from um and then and then once you've kind of set these goals for yourself about what you want to achieve this year what you want to achieve maybe next year what you're maybe looking to get to five years down the line, maybe you're looking for a specific certification or a trained status in your, your coach education pathway. Step three then becomes making your priority list. So for example, if you're going for a coach education certification through the NCCP, what are the requirements to get there? Which modules do you have to take? How many of them are within your sport context? How many of them are outside of it? Are there additional ones that your your PSO or your national sport organization even or your club would recommend you taking? For example, uh, like the NCCP has a module called mentorship. It's not required in very many of the sport pathways, but it's a really good uh, session for people who would either be entering into a mentorship relationship, either from the a mentor mentee relationship, either on the mentor or mentee side of things. Um, or if you're going to be working with a sport administrator and uh, you're looking for help, that would be a good way to potentially gain some skills to get you there. I would always recommend that if there are requirements of, for things you need to get done, focus on getting those done first, uh, because often, especially with the NCCP courses, it's not always guaranteed that the session you need is going to be offered relatively soon again. So for example, if you're within a competition development pathway, you might only get the chance to do some of those modules once or twice a year, depending on the module. And then once you have those requirements kind of set out into your calendar, if you feel like you have some free time in some areas or you see something that's coming up and you say, ooh, like I really wanna learn about that or I really wanna hear from this one speaker, make that a point of focus. My point that I'd love to stress right now is that the last year and a half, everyone has been incredibly busy. Time is more precious to us than ever before. Set realistic expectations on what you can accomplish in a given period of time. Because if you try and do too much at once, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to feel frustrated with the, the purpose. And there's also a good chance that you're not going to be absorbing as much of the information as you need to. Like I know, for example, I'm a person uh, when I attend a PD session, uh, a webinar, a conference or something, and they're talking about specifically things you can do within your program or within your program design or your administration. I need to like sit with that for a while, work with it, and then let my brain process it a little bit before I come back and I'm ready to talk with someone about it. When I don't get the opportunities to apply what I've learned, I find my brain fogs up and I start to forget everything that I've learned. And suddenly those hours that I spent listening to those webinars, tuning into those conferences feels like a little bit like wasted time because I'm really not getting out of it what I thought I was getting out of it, or I'm really not applying what I was what I was learning. And so then it starts to slip out of my brain. But that's just that's just the kind of learner I am. Maybe you're the same. Maybe you're different. Maybe you can you love to cram as much in as you, as you can. Um, that's totally fine, too. Just know who you are. It's just about knowing who you are. I think another important thing to consider within a priority list as well is once you've got your requirements settled, once you maybe have added in a couple additional sessions that you would like to attend because of your own personal goals or uh, because there's a speaker that you'd like to hear anything like that, um, don't be hard on yourself for missing everything else. Time is very precious commodity and you deserve to be able to step back, take a break from what you're doing and just be you. Coaches, especially at the club and volunteer level, get roped into a lot more 
than they may be initially signed on for. And it's very easy for that work-life coach balance to snowball out of control. But unless you are contracted by your organization to complete specific modules and specific activities, um, it is your right to decide what else you're doing with your free time. Again, comes back to your goals. It comes back to your priorities in life. It's totally fine to decide I'm committed to something else right now. It's not mean, it doesn't mean I'm not committed to coaching or my own professional development. I've already got all these other pieces in place. I don't need to go 130% above and beyond to be a good coach in this situation. It's important that you value your time. I want to make that, that one quick point before I start getting into the nitty gritty of modules that are out there and, and events that are coming up. Step four is all about diving in. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, overview of all the resources out there that CoachMB has put their stamp of approval on. Um, I'm going to give you some stuff around general coaching, around safe sport, around uh, gender equity, inclusion, and diversity, um, around mentorship, around concussions. Uh, and then I'm going to give you our picks for conferences and events to watch out for. Um, webinar series, and then my picks for some podcasts that you might like, if you like this one. So without any further ado, I have to say anything that's NCCP, the National Coaching Certification put out by the Coaching Association of Canada, has the CoachMB uh, stamp of approval. That is our bread and butter of what we, we talk about and what we promote within our organization. The multi-sport modules that CoachMB helps to facilitate are all based on improving your coaching skills, which includes your organizational skills, your planning skills, how to lead a session, how to be a coach, not necessarily how to do the sport or how to know the sport. Um, so I'm going to recommend that to every single coach out there, obviously, because the, there are uh, skills and takeaways in all those sessions that can be applied across the entire board. Um, a couple of the modules that I want to highlight quickly that are, are less often thought about, some of the ones that aren't in most coaching pathways, but are still super valuable. There is the NCCP mentorship module, which is really good for anyone who might be undertaking some sort of mentor-mentee relationship and wants some uh, ideas on how to do that in a more formal, supportive way. All of the e-learning that this NCCP right now is putting out is really good. They have a new support to sport series, which is uh, coming out in different installments. Their first one is on teen dating violence in sport, um, which is really applicable, especially to anyone who is working kind of within that, you know, 11 uh, years old to 24 years old range. Uh, it's important for you as a coach to create a uh, safe environment for all. And that includes managing the relationships amongst your athletes. A lot of the e-learning lately is focused on creating healthy relationships and healthy dynamics within a team. Um, so a module that was formerly known as Empower Plus has now been revamped and put online into an e-learning module called Creating a Positive Sport Environment. Uh, this one, it takes about 40 or 50 minutes to go through. All it talks about on how to, how to create that best learning environment for your athletes, how to make sure that your athletes feel comfortable being their full selves within a, within a, a training session, within a program. I would highly recommend you check these out. Um, another one that is kind of hidden that not a lot of people know about is through the Special Olympics uh, within the e-learning tab on the locker. They have a module around inclusion and diversity in action that is really good to look through. Uh, I found that one was really helpful. It doesn't matter if you coach a special O athlete or not. It doesn't matter if you coach a Special Olympic athlete or not. You'll find some things in there that will help check to make sure to see if your, if your programs are on the right track. Next up, also in the safe sport world, I'm going to recommend two organizations for this one on top of anything that's NCCP in that safe sport stream. Um, Respect in Sport 
the Respect Group Inc., um, which originated out of Manitoba, uh, has really a couple of really good series. Um, I think the most well-known one is probably their Respect in Sport module, which uh, they have one specifically for activity leaders, and they also have one for parents. I know I had to take uh, this module way back in the day when I, was in the, when I was in the eighth grade coaching fifth grade basketball. So this module has been around for a really long time and has, um, I think, helped pave the way for a lot of uh, healthy, positive environments in sport. So definitely recommend that one. Also an organization to keep your eye out for to see if they have anything coming up would be Commit to Kids, and they're all about preventing sexual abuse in children in sport. So any of the modules that they put out, any of the learning opportunities they put out, I'd highly recommend. Next up on the gender equity and inclusion and diversity side of things, there is Canadian Women in Sport, which is an organization that's been around for a really long time in Canada, recently rebranded from their formerly known Canadian Association for the Advancement of Women in Sport, uh, now known as just Canadian Women in Sport. Um, they host a series of leadership workshops, uh, which is hosted in part via Coach NB in New Brunswick, but uh, their sessions are really great for working on leadership skills within the sport world and outside of the sport world, uh, whether you're a coach, whether you're an administrator, whether you're a board member in an organization that, deal, that deals in sport, I would highly recommend their workshops and resources. They also have some resources around mentorship, which are really good to keep an eye out for. I'd also like to mention um, Respect Group Inc. does a webinar series on keeping girls in sport that I've attended. Really good information about participation rates, what affects girls' participation rates in sport uh, and in coaching and what we can do to improve that. Uh, CERC, the Sport Information Research Council, uh, has a really good mini series going right now, um, also on the terms of engaging girls in sport. Their first one, which is hosted in November, touched on some recent findings uh, on how COVID has impacted girls' participation in sport and what we can be doing to, to work towards solving that. I highly recommend keeping your eye out for the, their upcoming sessions in that webinar series. Another jumping off point that I'm going to point you all towards is a coach's guide to LGBTQ I2S sport inclusion, which is a guide that Coach NB uh, put out a couple years ago with the help of our former summer student, David Thibodeau. That guide for coaches has an amazing resource section in the very back of it around LGBTQ plus organizations, uh, sport organizations um, that we would recommend uh, where coaches can find more information about how to create a more inclusive, supportive environment. There, just really quickly, there's You Can Play Project, there's the Athlete Ally Organization, uh, there's Pride Tape, there's Trans Athlete, there's um, Leading the Way through uh, Canadian Women in Sport, there's the One Team Program through the Canadian Olympic Committee, uh, there is uh, documents and files you can find through the Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport. There is um, a GAL, which is corporate training from the Canadian Human Rights Trust. Um, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave that to you to go to go dive into. I can link our, our guide in the show notes today um, so that you have a handy little link. I'm going to keep flipping through these. Uh, next up, under mentorship, I spoke about, I touched on it briefly. Moving on to our next topic, though, on the topic of mentorship, I, I touched on it briefly. The mentorship module put out by the NCCP is really good for coaches who will be entering into some sort of uh, formal or informal mentor-mentee relationship. Um, or if you are maybe uh, a part of a board of a sport organization or you know, any kind of role that will be helping to oversee coaches, volunteers, officials, 
parents, there's really good takeaways in there about how to best manage those kinds of relationships. Uh, Coach MB also has a new VIP mentor program, which is very similar to rest of Atlantic Canada's uh, VIP coach programs. You can check that out on our website. It's all for it's all about bringing coaches together and uh, bringing them professional development opportunities, giving them a cohort to talk to, giving them a bit of swag if that helps uh, convince you to come in. Um, but I would definitely recommend checking that out. Um, on the topic of concussions, you may have seen that this past September 29th, 2021, was New Brunswick's first Concussion Awareness Day in New Brunswick. Um, this is an event that has been organized in partnership with the, the Network of Safe Sport and Recreation of New Brunswick, which Coach MB is a member of. Um, this is a camp awareness campaign that we've been working on for a long time um, that has come to us uh, from the Red Deer Declaration of 2019, where a bunch of uh, federal, provincial, territorial ministers came together and decided that we needed to be uh, making more an effort, more of an effort towards creating a safe sport environment, which partly was towards um, gender equity and inclusion, but also partly towards concussions. So that's where the conception of that day came from. And um, our first uh, awareness campaign ran this past year. Any of the organizations or resources that we referenced during that campaign have the network stamp of approval. Um, I know there's a lot of information about concussions out there from different uh, health officials, from different um, fitness uh, industry professionals. Um, so I'm only going to give you the stuff that is stamped by the network. Um, again, anything from the SIRC, the CERC, um, they have a really good headstrong campaign, which is all about concussion awareness. The concussion awareness training tool, CAT, uh, which is out of BC from the BC Injury Research and Prevention Unit, um, has a really good online training module for coaches or, or just anyone to take. Um, Parachute Canada, which is a national injury prevention organization, uh, has a few different options out there for you. There's, a, there's the uh, Concussion Ed app, uh, which you can download onto your phone, which is a nice handy little tool for, for recognition pieces, for uh, recovery pieces, um, a lot of good information on that app. There is Trauma New Brunswick, which is uh, New Brunswick's local injury prevention organization that runs a whole campaign on concussions. I would highly recommend you check out what we have going on locally because there's lots of good French resources out there too. Lastly, of course, I'm going to reference the NCCP Making Headway module, which uh, I think most coaches out there have probably taken in their life. Uh, very informative e-learning module you can take through the locker uh, that is specifically designed for coaches. Um, and I'll sne I'll just throw this one in again. I know I mentioned them a couple of times, but Cirque has a lot of great information on, you know, just all things that are coaching related. Uh, they have a quarterly newsletter that they'll put out with um, articles on anything from community to high performance sport on the sports science side, but also on the social side. So I would definitely sign up for their newsletter. Um, next on my list, I want to talk about some conferences and events that are coming up. Um, so for me, some of the yearly events that I look out for, first one definitely being the Sport Leadership Summit, which is a yearly uh, conference in November put on by the Coaching Association of Canada. Uh, it's usually in person with maybe some virtual elements, but the last two years were virtual because of uh, COVID, which uh, honestly was kind of nice because it gave opportunity for coaches all across the country to tune in, not just the ones that were able to travel into Ottawa or Calgary or wherever they are hosting it that year. If you do get the chance to go in person, it's definitely worth the trip. But if your only way that you can participate is virtually, I'd also highly recommend that. Um, they usually as well do a community coaching day on the Saturday, uh, which uh, 
includes some NCCP modules and some uh, interesting keynote speakers. Two more provincial level kind of conferences to keep your eye out for. Both of them happen in April. First one is the Ontario Coaches Conference. Second one is the Atlantic Coaches Conference. Um, I mean, in Atlantic Canada, I'm definitely going to recommend you should go to the Atlantic Coaches Conference, not only because I helped to organize it, and I think it's really great and I'm a little bit biased, um, but I really do think that both of these conferences, whichever you get the chance to go to, uh, are really worth your time and money. Um, they are very well curated, uh, hosted by people who are working in the industry day in, day out, and really know what coaches uh, need to be hearing at the time, and so I would highly recommend you check those two out. Also, one event that is um, a little bit weird in the professional development world in that it's specifically designed for coach developers, that being learning facilitators or coach evaluators, people who help to train the coaches. The Coaching Association of Ontario also hosts a CDPD, a Coach Developer Professional Development Month in October that is very well curated as well. I find coach developer is a very niche, weird role within the sports system and doesn't often always get the support it needs uh, from the PD opportunities that are out there. So this one is really good. We'll help you work towards better classroom management. We'll give you more information on adult learning styles and um, we'll help you become a more effective facilitator and evaluator. Okay, I promise I'm getting towards the end of this list. I have two more to go through. Next up, I have the Coach NB Picks for Webinar Series. Again, a little bit biased on this one, but the Atlantic Podium Performance Series. Um, which some of you may, may remember from back in the day being an in-person event that you could attend in a classroom. These days they run completely virtually and will likely be running virtually indefinitely for the future. Again, it might be a little bit biased, but uh, they run monthly from September until April and they are a mix of performance and community sport, usually hosted by uh, local speakers. Um, or usually presented by local speakers. So I would highly recommend checking that out. They're usually free. You usually get a chance to talk with the speaker um, during or after the event. Uh, and there's a lot of collaboration and, and conversation that happens at these events. Again, I'm gonna give Cirque their fourth shout out this, uh, this series. We love Cirque here at Coach NB. Um, they have a really good webinar series. I mentioned one earlier uh, saying that they had their uh, Engaging Girls in Sport webinar series. Um, they usually run like mini series throughout the year. So again, keep an eye out for their newsletter so that you know what to sign up for. Lastly, but not least, um, Canadian Sport for Life, uh, which hosts webinars as well, maybe a little bit more sporadically. So you'll have to sign up for their newsletter, figure out when those are happening. They host some really interesting sessions on long-term athlete development, on uh, performance, on community sport, on engaging grassroots levels on newcomer inclusion, there's a lot of really cool work being done uh, through uh, Canadian Sport for Life. Uh, and lastly, what kind of podcast host would I be without mentioning some of my favorite local uh, sports podcasts in Canada? The first one I have to have to give a shout out to the Burn It All Down podcast, which is the feminist sports podcast you need, hosted by Shireen Ahmed, Lindsay Gibbs, Brenda Elsie, Marina Rose Davis, and Jessica Luther. Uh, who help break down the week in sports and culture. They have some just amazing takes on what's happening uh, in sport. And they really aren't afraid to call out uh, what's going on in the world. Um, so definitely start there. Another shout out that I want to give is Heroes in Our Midst uh, by Too Good Consulting. 
Heroes in the Midst is a podcast about the power inside the heart, the human behind the story, and the collection of idiosyncrasies that make us both unique and bond us together through a common humanity. Join them as they are inspired, they learn, and they are challenged to be better by the heroes in our midst and the stories that they tell. Heroes in Our Midst is a podcast created by Dr. Adrian Leslie Tugood, who's a professional and Olympic sports psychologist, and Michelle Sawatsky-Coop, who's an Olympian and radio talk show host, um, based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, my home province. So uh, I'm going to be slightly biased towards Manitoba podcasts. Um, and lastly, I'm also going to give a shout out to the Sport Manitoba podcast. Again, I know another Manitoba uh, podcast, but I'd like to say that they are the second NCCP affiliated podcast in Canada. Uh, definitely not a dig. I also enjoy this one because um, a lot of my for- former colleagues and, and athletes that I've seen compete and play throughout the years are highlighted on, on this. So I feel definitely feel that hometown connection. Um, but I think you'll find uh, a lot of similarities to what's going on in Manitoba in the sport world as to what could be going on in New Brunswick. So again, if we're thinking about that, how do we learn from other people uh, who may have more in common with us than we think? Um, I think this is a good one uh, to pull some stories from. Whew. Okay, so I know that was a lot. Thank you for listening to my big spiel. I want to give you a couple of final takeaways before we wrap up today's episode. Number one, if you don't know where to start, you don't know what goals you should be focusing on, you've got this choice paralysis, my recommendation would be to start by critically examining the way you create a safe and inclusive environment within your team and critically thinking about how you can make that the most safe and inclusive place for your athletes. Above your technical abilities and your technical knowledge and how organized your program is and how uh, successful it is. Above all else, you should be focusing on creating that safe and inclusive environment. Number two is set realistic expectations. If you recognize that there's some work to be done in a certain area, don't think you can fix it all at once. Change is a very slow process uh, and it takes a lot of committed effort So you have to be realistic about the timelines it'll take to create the change you're looking for. It's going to take time for you to be able to find the professional professional development opportunities. It's going to be able to, it's going to take time for you to be able to have those conversations you need to have with mentors, with peers about how to create the environment that you're looking for and how to get better as a coach. And that's okay. And be kind with yourself because not every coach is perfect. Even the best coaches will recognize that they aren't, they don't have perfect practices And it's all about continually learning and pushing yourself. And number three, try to push yourself out of your comfort zone, which I know sounds a little bit uh, counterintuitive to what I just said with number two around setting realistic expectations. But I think that you can set realistic expectations and timelines while also still pushing yourself to try new different types of professional development. So if you're only ever zooming into webinars and you're finding that it's not really getting you what you need, Maybe you need to think about a cohort where you can talk with people. Maybe you need to think about connecting with new people that you haven't talked to before. If you're a person who doesn't usually participate in the conversation at hand, try to push yourself to ask questions in a session and work with the group that you have in front of you to help find solutions to your problems. At Coach and B, we truly believe that professional development and coaching education and just education in general has a huge role to play in changing the culture in sport 
creating better, safer environments for athletes and participants, creating better, safer coaches to lead those programs and uh, to overall just create a better sports system. Webinars are part of that. Conferences are part of that. Communities of practice are a part of that. And e-learning that you take on a Monday night is a part of that. Sometimes it feels a little bit tedious, but every single little drop in your education bucket, getting more tools into your toolboxes, you know, all the metaphors that people love to use, as cheesy as they are, really do go a long way to contributing meaningful change. And that's what we were trying to get with this episode, is that professional development isn't something that you do because you're being told to do it. It is an attitude. It is a lifelong philosophy towards self-betterment and uh, community betterment. On that incredibly heavy note, thank you for listening today. I hope that you learned something that you can take away into your own coaching practice. If you have any questions about any of the information that you heard today, about any of the resources that was listed today, you can always reach out to CoachNB at info at coachnb.ca. That's our episode for today. I hope everyone is well. Everyone is staying safe. We'll see you again in two weeks. And in the meanwhile, go enjoy your practice.